Hey my friends, Sean Tierney here from theautomationblog.com and in this episode of the Automation Podcast, I sit down with Thomas Hennifer from Siemens in Germany to get a real technical presentation on Profinet. That's Siemens Industrial Ethernet Network. And uh, if you're somebody who really likes details and likes bits and bytes, I think you'll really enjoy this week's episode. Thomas, thank you for putting together this presentation for us. I'm looking forward to learning all about Profinet. So could you stop by introducing yourself to our audience and tell them what your role is? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Sean, for letting me part of your uh, podcast. Uh, my name is Thomas Haneder. I'm Technology Manager for Industrial Communication. I want to talk about Profinet in general and what are the differences between uh, Profinet and standard Ethernet communication as well as how does Profinet real-time and Profinet isochronous real-time work and how does it fit into the uh, OSI model. Okay, so let's talk about Profinet in the automation environment. Considering the automation pyramid with its different layers, Profinet with its scalability in terms of performance and quantity structure, it is used in field-level communication to connect decentralized I.O., industrial identification and high-performance motion control uh, applications but also on controller level where machines or PLC communicate amongst each other or with, a, or with any kind of HMIs, uh, you will find Profinet in that level. Controller northbound communication uh, where performance requirements are not as critical, it is commonly realized with protocols like OPCUA or TCPIP and any kind of derivatives. With Profinet, these protocols can run on the same network, so on the same infrastructure, and without interfering the transmission of real-time critical process data, where we need here on uh, field level. So Profinet in an automation environment is fully compliant to IEEE 802. Uh, it supports 100 megabit full duplex with auto crossover and auto negotiation. It supports uh, communication on various media types, such as uh, copper, fiber optic, and wireless communication. And due to bandwidth reservation in case of uh, Profinet IRT, Profinet supports the transmission of non-critical data, such as standard TCP/IP protocols or OPCUA, uh, or recently more often in combination of IIoT, mentioned MQTT protocol, all on the same network. Built-in mechanisms take care that time-critical data always arrives on time. So Profinet is, Profinet is suitable for all kinds of performance requirements. So talking about uh, process automation where we have like 100 milliseconds or above and for factory automation or motion control application where we have uh, 31 or 25 microseconds with a chitter less than one microsecond. A broad range of proxy devices are available as well for uh, migration purposes in terms of uh, want to add like uh, Profi bus field, uh, field buses, you want to connect those to Profinet and uh, any or any other CAN field buses, whatever, they, what do you have on the network. So Profinet provides native support for safety related applications. A separate connection is, is not necessary to realize a functional safety application. 
and it supports uh, up to SIL 3 level, it is guaranteed. Various uh, profiles like ProfiDrive and ProfiEnergy are available as well in order to support an easy integration for various purposes. So what is the difference between standard Ethernet and real-time Ethernet, such as ProfiNet? So for uh, standard Ethernet, which is based on the best effort principles, um, we have a quality of service which is uh, quite situation dependent. In terms of when we have like a low network load, we have a low latency and we have constant throughput. So that's, uh, that's okay. But if we have a high network load, we have a high and volatile latency and a volatile throughput. And all of that is not suitable for industrial control systems. So with Profinet, which is based on a TDMA principle, uh, time division multiple access, uh, we have a quality of service which is independent of the network load. Both in empty or congested networks, we have a low defined latency and we have a constant defined throughput. So that quality of service is required for industrial control systems. So um, Profinet defines its functionality uh, within conformance classes, where we have like uh, in conformance class A, uh, uh, in conformance class A devices support real-time uh, real-time cyclic data exchange, as well as parametrization and alarms. It supports topology information. And uh, conformance class A devices are commonly used in infrastructure and building automation. So each conformance class on the right side uh, adds functionality uh, to the conformance class we had on the left side. So uh, conformance class B devices supports all functions which are uh, supported by conformance class A devices. In addition, it supports network diagnosis via SNMP, so simple network management protocol, and it supports system redundancy functions, or you have like mostly in uh, process automation. And conformance class B devices are commonly found in factory automation and process automation. So conformance class C devices uh, need hardware support for uh, the bandwidth reservation. We come to that. Uh, we will come to that later on, and uh, it also needs synchronization of the network nodes. So each network has to be synchronized with a sync with a sync master, so that they have a common understanding of the uh, time on the network. And those uh, conformance class C devices are uh, uh, commonly used in motion control applications where Precision is key. So a new, a newly defined conformance class, uh, which is called conformance class D, uh, it is uh, mentioned with uh, version 2.4 of the Provenet standard, and it's actually uh, an in addition for Provenet at TSN. And those conformance class D devices, they have a network management engine uh, integrated. So those applications on the left side 
conformance class A and conformance class B devices are not synchronized with the application, whereas conformance class C and conformance class D applications are synchronized with the applications. And uh, those features can be extended with optional additional functions where, uh, where we're talking about like fast startup, like media redundancy, like multiple access, uh, the, the term here is shared device, and uh, some other uh, optional additional functions. So now we talked about the Profinet features. So each Profinet device shall support a minimum feature set. The basic feature set uh, Profinet's device has to support is the cyclic data exchange. Now that's the uh, cyclic data ex exchange between a device and a controller, and um, as well as record read and write services. That's our acyclic services. And diagnostic and maintenance. So that's a, a, a big thing in Profinet. Profinet devices uh, offer a broad range of diagnostic and maintenance functions. And as well as uh, INM data, where uh, we have like the extended device identification uh, information, like where is the device located in the plant, where, when was the installation date, uh, any kind of comments or signatures signature from the installer. Uh, besides the basic functions, Profinet supports optional functions. Those functions, uh, they don't have to be supported by a device vendor, but a device vendor can easily integrate them. They are predefined in the standard and um, usually all Profinet stack providers uh, provide those functions. It, they, has to be, they have to be enabled by the device vendor and uh, they can be supported then. So, um, talking about the optional function, there's, there's a shared, for example, there's shared device. That means like a device can uh, share its IOs to more than one controller. Or also system redundancy. The, this, this function is for high availability systems and um, uh, it supports various characteristics from device redundancy to controller redundancy. And also like uh, media redundancy uh, protocol or media redundancy. But later on, uh, when we come to the topology section, we will talk about more about that. Nice. Okay, so primarily today in this uh, podcast, we are talking about the basic functions, cyclic data exchange, record read and write, and diagnostic and maintenance. So some... Um, basic terms in um, uh, with Profinet um, is the device class and uh, which device classes are supported by uh, Profinet. So first of all we have the Profinet I.O. supervisor. The role of an I.O. supervisor is commonly covered by an engineering system which is used to parameterize the network or writing the user program or collecting the uh, diagnosis from other network nodes. Uh, for example, uh, for Siemens it's TIA portal, but there's also like others uh, from different vendors. 
another device class is the Profinet I.O. controller. So the Profinet I.O. controller is uh, typically integrated in a PLC or a, in a motion controller. Um, it hosts the configuration data of all devices uh, which are dedicated to the I.O. controller. It initiates the communication towards the I.O. devices on the network. And it exchanges cyclic process data with all the devices and uh, is controlling the, the process. Another uh, device class is the Profinet I.O. device. A Profinet I.O. device is commonly integrated in a sensor or actor, like a drive or any I.O. block um, or valve. It provides the cyclic input data from the process and uh, to the PLC and consumes cyclic output data from the PLC. The I.O. device hosts process or network diagnostic data and issues alarms in various situations where we have like process alarms or diagnostic alarms from the network interface and it has a passive role in the network. So those devices are uh, connected via Ethernet or uh, Ethernet physics. And the I.O. controller provides the configuration data to the I.O. device and consumes the process data from the I.O. device. Whereas the Profinet I.O. device also issues alarm data uh, from the process. The uh, Profinet I.O. supervisor uh, reads diagnostic data from the I.O. device uh, or also status and control data and can also provide parameterization data to the I.O. device. Now uh, we had the, the term application relations, so we have those two roles. So uh, one role is the uh, I.O. controller, the other one is the I.O. device. And uh, between them we have an application relation. As mentioned before, the I.O. device has a passive part on the network. The I.O. controller initiates the data exchange to the I.O. device. This is called uh, the AR Connect, Application Relation Connect. In this phase, the I.O. controller writes the parameterization to the I.O. device. And after that, uh, the device is in data exchange uh, with the I.O. controller and the data exchange is, follow, is uh, followed by the provider-consumer model. So within an application relation we have various communication relations. So one communication relation is the record data communication relation. The record data communication relation is used by the I.O. controller to read and write data records for parameterization or read diagnostic data from the device. The record data communication relation is an acyclic service and is, uh, it uses the best effort communication channel. So talking about communication channels, we're going to uh, uh, pick that up later on, uh, but for now uh, you should know it's, it uses the best effort communication channel. Besides the record data communication relation, we also have the I.O. data uh, communication relation. The I.O. data communication relation is a cyclic uh, communication between the I.O. controller and the I.O. device. 
and uh, within the uh, IO data communication relation, process data is transferred between IO controller and IO device. The cycle time of that um, IO data uh, communication relation has to be defined prior in the network configuration. Okay. So um, another communication relation is the alarm data communication relation. It is used by the I.O. device to signal an alarm towards the I.O. controller, like a process alarm, like a, like a diagnostic alarm. Process alarm could be like an over-temperature. Uh, diagnostic alarm could be like a line break or something. And Profinet defines various alarm types. Uh, as mentioned before, one of them is process alarm or a diagnostic alarm. And the alarm uh, communication relation is acyclic and it uses also the best effort channel. So do, this is the term application relation. Uh, now I have another slide uh, for application relation uh, where the IO controller, while physically connected to the IO device, maintains the application relation to multiple IO devices. Towards one I.O. device, it uh, maintains an application relation. Um, there could be some exceptions, like um, there's a feature, it's called uh, Cure, or which is called like configuration in run. Um, here, the I.O. controller has temporarily a second application relation. Um, the modules of an I.O. device can be shared to multiple I.O. controllers. If you can see here, like this I.O. device here, shares its I.O.s to more than one I.O. controller. A typical use case is um, like one controller uh, uses standard I.O.s, whereas the other I.O. controller uses fail-safe I.O.s. That's a typical use case for that. And uh, then we have like, um, it's, the feature is called shared input. Uh, when you have like input um, data on a device, so this input data can also be shared amongst um, more than one controller. Output data, with output data it's not possible because uh, it makes no sense. The next term is a device model. So um, you can see here like a, a I.O. device physically, like uh, here we can see like a, like a decentral I.O. Uh, um, block where uh, the device model of Profinet defines the term slot and subslot. A slot is a place where an I.O. module can be inserted in case of a modular device and it can host one or more subslots. So you, you can see the slot here and it can uh, host one or more subslots. So um, the subslot holds the actual I.O. data. The granularity of the I.O. data, bit, byte, word, whatever, is determined by the device vendor. And a subslot can be uh, divided into channels, whereas um, uh, channel is actually uh, 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 represents a single input or output signal. So um, 
you can see here the GSDML file. This GSDML file is actually the device description file where technical features and uh, expansion possibilities with modules are described by the device model and the device vendor usually provides those information of its devices or device family in the device description file which is called a GSDML file. What does GSDML stand for? It's like XML? Uh, it's, a, it's in an XML format. Uh, GSD is General Station Description uh, Modeling Language. So that's, okay. that's actually, um, you also have that, if you have like an Ethernet IP device, then you also have like a, a, a also a description file. Same here. You use that description file, you import it into your engineering system, and then you can like uh, configure your device. So that is actually what you what you use uh, that file for. Okay. So um, the a device can actually be a model as a compact or modular field device. In case of a compact field device, uh, the structure of slot and subslot is fixed. And with a modular field device, uh, it's it's variable. So you, you can actually add like slots at the end of your uh, device model, and uh, you can extend it with various slots or um, uh, different submodules. Uh, whereas in a compact uh, device, it's it's a fixed uh, layout. Uh, a special a special module is the device access point. Uh, module uh, it is address it is the addressable module of the device itself so this device model actually with uh, slots and subslots is used to address io data as well as um, uh, record uh, or acyclic record data so for that purpose the device access point is a special module where you can address the device itself Will that always be where you bring in the uh, Profinet cable? Is that the device yeah, we're talking about? Uh, we, um, we're talking about the, the device access point is, is a, a specific subslot. It's the subslot zero. But we, then we have also like the interface submodule, uh, which is actually uh, also a special submodule. And we have okay. the port submodules. And, oh, okay. um, like the like the talking about an interface here you bring in all the network parameters like device name IP address um, and all the stuff and uh, so so um, for your question the device access point submodule is not the interface submodule but it's it's always usually it's modeled like that at on slot zero you have the device access point plus you have the interface submodule and the port submodules. So if I had a remote rack of I.O. and the first module was the Profinet module and then I had a bunch of I.O. modules on it, each of those I.O. modules wouldn't have a, a wouldn't be considered a DAP or device access point. That's only right. The, only the one that connects it to the Ethernet. Yes, to yes. The, to the Profinet. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, by addressing a submodule, data records can be uh, read or written. And the type of data, data record is addressed by uh, using a, a specific index. 
uh, data records, there are predefined data records in the standard, like uh, uh, the diagnostic data of a device, um, or the de device identification data. Uh, those are predefined records, but um, a device vendor can also uh, define its own records. So there is an address space for uh, the device vendor where he can um, uh, provide its own data records. And uh, also for accessing I.O. data, uh, this um, addressing scheme is also used. Like if you want to address data from a specific subslot, uh, sub then you need to uh, know where is the subslot located, on which slot, on which slot, and then you can access the data. So, um, a Profinet, um, we have very uh, flexible topologies uh, within Profinet. Uh, we can have a simple line structure uh, where, where you have to say like each Profinet device typically has like an integrated two-port switch that allows like a, a line structure. And um, besides the line structure, we also have like star topologies where uh, this, uh, by the usage of a switching device. And uh, from star, we also have like three topologies. Uh, you can see here like the yellow, uh, um, the yellow color is like it's Profi-safe. That's the integrated safety, what we have with Profinet. Okay, yep. And besides the line and tree topology, we also have like a redundant ring topology that is like media redundancy. And it has like two, we have like uh, MRP, which is uh, stands for media redundancy protocol. But besides um, this media redundancy protocols where we have like switching times of 300 milliseconds, we also have a bumpless um, uh, uh, media redundancy, which is called like MRPD, which is media redundancy uh, uh, planned duplication where uh, the frames or the, the data is sent in two directions and in case if you have a, a, a wire break or um, a cable break on the network uh, you will you won't lose data and it's bumpless nice and besides that uh, profinet also supports uh, uh, wireless uh, communication also with ProfiSafe. Functional safety also works uh, wireless. Yeah, so um, what is that? What that means? You have less cabling, uh, you, have, uh, you have an easy commissioning, line topology and redundant ring structures are possible with additional network components. We had that. And uh, what we also have, you can have uh, several controllers on one network. So let's say you have one network, you have two controllers, uh, you have uh, various I.O. devices and uh, a part of the I.O. devices are connected to one controller, part of the I.O. devices are connected to other controllers. Now I have a question, and I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, yeah. but the only way I don't see the dashed line where it's both Profi-Safe and Profi-Net yeah. is in the star configuration. Is that just a, am I reading too much into that? Can you do Profi-Safe in a star configuration or no? Uh, in a star configuration, yeah, you can do Profi-Safe, of course. Okay. Yeah. okay. Good. So then we're going to uh, go to the bits and bytes uh, of Profinet. We have the Profinet frame, 
where uh, it is embedded into a, a standard Ethernet frame. And uh, here you have the Ether type, uh, where you uh, have like Profinet with uh, 8892, or you have standard IP communication with uh, 800, uh, or um, IPv6, and so on. So with Profinet we have the 8892 and the Profinet frame is actually structured. We have the frame ID uh, and then we have the IO data. And the IO data is actually it's structured into IO data objects. So uh, we talked before about the submodules. So each submodule has an IO data object within the, the Ethernet frame. It also has um, a provider status and it also has a consumer status. A provider status you can see as a qualifier. So let's say on, on, on the I.O. device you have somebody pulled the module. So the data is still be transferred but the data is not valid. That means the I.O. provider state uh, um, goes from good to bad and the I.O. controller can check that value and it sees that data is not valid. Excellent. So that is for uh, uh, for diagnostics. So, uh, But besides that, the I.O. device will also um, send, an I, uh, send an alarm for that, but uh, alarm is acyclic, so the controller has to uh, um, get in action really quickly so it's a, it can say it can check it by uh, checking the provider state so um, talking about the uh, Profinet real-time and uh, non-real-time frames which are uh, uh, coming into the net network interface so we have like a, with an Ether type 800 that's a standard IP protocol uh, or a standard IP frame and this frame goes through all layers through the network until it comes to the application. So that takes time and it's actually it's it's um, not quite reliable so therefore we have the Ether type 8892 so this Ether type it goes directly to the application so it doesn't have to go through all the network layers, it goes directly to the application, but there were, therefore we have like the, the a benefit of uh, um, uh, for the communication. Okay. So we were talking about a lot about cyclic data exchange. So with Profinet, mm -hmm. Um, Profinet is very scalable in terms of performance for all kind of applications. So you can see, uh, you can see on the on the right side we have like uh, for motion control applications, Profinet is specified to go down to 31.25 microseconds for motion control applications, um, and it can go up to 512 milliseconds for process application. If, like, if you have like a temperature or you're controlling a temperature, then you don't need to update your data in uh, 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 31 or 25 microseconds. It's uh, 512 milliseconds is uh, quite enough. And all is uh, on one network. So Profinet distinguishes between uh, Profinet uh, RT 
which is like real time, it stands for real time, and Profinet IRT, which, stand, which stands for isochronous real time. So uh, Profinet real time communication is um, cycle times one millisecond and above, and isochronous real time communication is below one millisecond. And um, for isochronous real time communication, we um, we have like a chitter below one microsecond. So those, those applications are uh, motion control, high-performance motion control applications. So with Profinet, real-time um, can be realized with any standard Ethernet controller. If you want to uh, create your own device and you want to support Profinet real-time, uh, you, can, you can do it with a standard Ethernet controller. But with uh, Profinet IRT, you need a specific hardware, you need a specific ASIC to create your Profinet device. Uh, that is because of we need like uh, synchronization. So each node has to be synchronized within the network. And uh, here we need hardware support for that. And uh, yeah, as I said before, synchronization is accomplished by hardware and specific ASICs are needed for Profinet IRT. And with Profinet IRT, uh, the communication cycle is split up into an IRT channel, isochronous real-time channel, and a standard channel. So uh, before I talked about the best effort uh, uh, channels or like data records are transferred uh, within a best effort channel or alarms are transferred within a best effort channel, that is actually the green part here. So IRT data is always uh, transferred in the red channel. So that's, uh, that's actually important. And um, so with that data, uh, within the IRT time period, we only transfer IRT data and the rest of the cycle is open for standard communication. Like, uh, any kind of web server, like OPCUA, like uh, any kind of HMI communication, whatever, uh, the green part of the cycle is open for any uh, other communication. And uh, as I said before, for uh, Profinet RT, any standard switches can be used. You can go to uh, Best Buy and buy a standard switch. You can use that for Profinet RT communication, but for Profinet IRT, managed Profinet IRT um, switches has to be used. Okay. So coming from cyclic data, now we go into acyclic data exchange, where uh, this is used for data record read and write. So the data record read CR is used um, <clears throat> uh, is used for data record read and write, and it's uh, it's based on the UDP protocol. Data records are addressed by an index and by the geographical address. Geographical address is like the slot subslot of a device, mm -hmm. and uh, data records are also used for parameter assignment during the, the startup of the application relation, and it um, and the configuration for the device is written uh, during the uh, AR Connect, and it's also used for reading diagnostic data from the I/O device, and. Um, 
besides the predefined data records, which are defined in a Profinet standard, there are also um, the, uh, each manufacturer has the possibility to specify its own data records. Uh, those data records are usually uh, written in a GSDML file as well. And um, and the system-defined data records, which are defined by the, the provenance standard, they providing information about network and device diagnosis, like uh, the diagnosis data of a device, where you can read um, the, the, the diagnosis data, which are stored in the IO devices um, net uh, in IO devices diagnosis database. And um, each device also has to support or um, shall support the identification and maintenance data for, uh, for identification of an I.O. device where, where the vendor ID and the device ID are stored. Um, now here on the right you see uh, some examples for, uh, for data records like the IM0 data record which has the index AFF0. And uh, this data record provides information about the hardware and firmware of a device, like the vendor ID, the order ID, a serial number, hardware revision, software revision. So this stuff is provided by INM0 data, and each Profinet I.O. device has to support this data record. So if you have you, uh, um, a certified Profinet I.O. device, you can read out this data record. Those. Uh, those data records are usually used for asset management. There is also an asset management record where uh, you can store additional information for the, uh, like, a, like, a, like a machine or uh, a robot. Now we are talking about the device diagnostics. Uh, each uh, Profinet O device provides a broad range of diagnostic information. It is split up into network-related diagnostics and application layer diagnostics. So the network-related diagnostics are um, uh, use standard IT protocols like uh, SNMP, which stands for a simple network management protocol, or LLDP for a link layer discovery protocol, or HTTP to provide information about link status, bandwidth utilization, some statistic information. And these diagnostic information are stored in the standard uh, MIB, uh, Management Information Base, and can be read by any kind of SNMP tool. You don't need a specific tool, just take any SNMP tool which you can download from the internet and you can read out those informations. Nice. Uh, yeah, and then we have the application layer diagnostics. So um, the application layer diagnostics provides Profinet specific diagnosis. Um, besides the diagnostic information itself, the diagnostic source as well as the severity of the uh, the fault is provided. A severity can be like normal, it can be or normal operation, it could be a fault, it could be maintenance demanded or maintenance required. So uh, not every, not every uh, um, diagnosis has to be a fault, it can be also like maintenance uh, uh, issues or whatever. And Profinet uh, defines various error types 
but the device runner can define its own error types as well. So besides the system-defined uh, error types, which are already defined in a standard, uh, each uh, Profinet vendor or each uh, uh, vendor of a Profinet device can uh, provide its own specific error types. And um, in order to signal an event to the I.O. controller, uh, Profinet uses alarms, or each I.O. device uses alarms, to signal a status change. Like, you have an incoming event, you have an outgoing event. Uh, this uh, is signaled by an alarm. And um, we talked about before, we have a diagnostic alarm. Uh, this diagnostic alarm signals like uh, um, stuff like where you have like a, a, a wire break, uh, something related to the uh, network itself. And then we have like process alarms. This stuff is related to the process itself. Like we have like uh, over voltage uh, or over temperature. The device vendor can also enrich the diagnostics information with some extended diagnosis. So that could be like in terms of an over voltage or over temperature. It could be like the temperature itself, so the value itself. That is the extended diagnosis of a, of a device. And each diagnosis is stored um, in the uh, diagnosis database of the I.O. device and can be read by, uh, by any uh, uh, Profinet tool, it can be read by the I.O. controller, but it can also be read by the I.O. supervisor. Okay. Okay. Okay, so, uh, Sean, I, I mentioned before that I want to talk about the uh, configuration of a Profinet I.O. system. So now this this is the slide. So we have the IO <laughs> yeah, we have the IO controller and we have the engineering system. So and we have the IO device and each IO device comes with a GSDML file, the description file, which defines the functionality and the device model, and. Um, uh, those are connected uh, via Ethernet, and um, the first step is to import the GSDML file to the engineering system. Now, is that built into the device, or is that something that would come separate from the actual device? It's it's actually it's a file. It's structured as XML file, and it can it comes separate. Usually, the device vendor they if you're gonna order your device, you're gonna get the your your package. There is the device and the GSDML file you can download from their website. Okay. So that's actually uh, where most of the vendors uh, handle that, and. Then you, as uh, you want to set up the Profinet network, you take the GSDML file, you import it into your engineering system, like TIA portal, and uh, then you have that device in the uh, hardware catalog. So after you import it, uh, you have to configure your device, like uh, you have to set an IP address, you have to, uh, or you don't have to set the IP address because Profinet is name-based, but you can set the IP address. You also set a device name uh, and all that uh, related stuff you have to configure uh, within the engineering system. After that, you, uh, you set the device name on the device itself, 
with a uh, with the uh, engineering system or any other kind of tool. And uh, after that, you download the hardware configuration to the I/O controller. And what happens next is the I/O controller will scan the network for that specific device within the configuration. So it, it will uh, uh, send out a DCP identifier request, like DCP is the uh, discovery and configuration protocol of Profinet. And after it, it found the device, it will initiate the AR connect, the application relation connect. And then it writes the configuration to the IO device, and then the IO device is in data exchange. Excellent. So, um, now we talked about the configuration of the network and now I want to uh, share some information about the profiles. So when we're talking about profiles, um, profiles are actually um, uh, applications which are on top of Profinet, which using the Profinet stack as a communication medium. And um, those profiles are they usually have a functional device structure and architecture. They have a specific data structuring of process input or output data. And um, they also have like profile specific identification and maintenance information. So one of those profiles is the profi drive profile. So um, actually profi drive profile is used for uh, like motion control drives. Uh, and it mm -hmm. sits on top of Profinet. You can say uh, you have a ProfiDrive part on your drive and you have a ProfiDrive part on your I.O. controller. And that's actually, uh, it has a generic um, uh, interoper interoperable uh, application interface where you can, um, it's, it, makes it makes it transparent to configure uh, any kind of device which supports ProfiDrive. So if you have like a ProfiDrive um, uh, um, uh, I.O. device or ProfiDrive uh, supported I.O. device from a vendor e, A and one from vendor B, then it doesn't matter, the I.O. controller will, uh, won't see any difference. Yeah, and then there is another profile which is ProfiSafe. That's actually for functional safety, and um, and Profinet is used as a black channel here. And another profile would be uh, ProfiEnergy. ProfiEnergy is for uh, saving energy. There's some specific commands where you can uh, put your uh, um, uh, you can put your machine into uh, uh, like a, in, in in a break when you do like a lunch break or uh, you stop uh, uh, you have a stop or whatever. Then you can use the ProfiEnergy profile. Then we are through. I really appreciate it, Tom, for taking the time out of your busy data to go through this with me and, and with the audience. Thank you. I appreciate it as well to be part of your uh, podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. If you're really into bits and bytes and knowing how things work, I think you will. I know I did. And I really want to take a moment to thank Thomas Hennifer from Siemens in Germany for taking time out of his busy week. He has a very large area. I think he pretty much covers the world. And, uh, you know, they give us this technical presentation, which I thought was just awesome. Now, if you'd like to help the Automation Podcast make more shows, um, then consider supporting us over at patreon.com forward slash automation, where you can unlock insider news and free stuff with your monthly pledge. 
Now, another way to support us is to grab some of this new swag over at theautomationblog.com forward slash shop. You can see here we got t-shirts, we got coffee cups, phone cases, and more. So check that out over there if you look to support us that way. And with that said, I just want to wish you all a very happy, safe, and healthy week. And until next time, my friends, peace.